0: this is frank girola with the gilbert now podcast and this is kevin mccurney we are here today on site in the fabulous downtown heritage district at the law group of byron brown we're here with byron brown today hey how's it going guys good morning hey, man. thanks thanks for having us here today oh man i appreciate you guys coming in yeah we are um, you know just want to sit here we know we- you're Kind of an institution now with all of your ads going, on. so we wanted to, you know, come out, um, kind of introduce you to to the Gilbert now followers and
1: um, learn a little bit more about what you guys do, kind of your history and your background. And yeah, no, I appreciate you guys coming in. It's funny you say institution. It's like it's such a grind, day in and day out to to get here, but it's nice to to at least get some recognition because you know, like any businessman. Knows, you know, as long as that recognition comes with business, it's nice to get recognized if it's turning into business. So, yeah, I've been fortunate enough so far that the the ads that I've been running have been working. So, um, you know, behind the years of grinding, you know, it's yeah. been paying off. Yeah, tell us a little bit about your background, where you grew up, where you're from. Yeah, so I grew up in uh, Calgary, Alberta. I mean, that most of my life from grade six on, graduated there, um, got my undergraduate degree from the University of Calgary. And then, um, you know, a lot of my buddies ended up coming down to the United States to play hockey for hockey scholarships. and. I wasn't that good of a hockey player. And so then when I decided to go to law school, um, applied to a bunch down here um, through my LSAT score, had some offers for like partial scholarships. So took it up on that, mainly just thinking like it was going to be an experience because my buddies who came down to play hockey had such good things to say about their American college experience. And so um, my girlfriend and I, and now wife moved down here Um, And then I graduated from ASU Law in 05. Yeah, go Devils, go Devils. (laughs) (laughs) And then at that point in time, it's when Vegas was booming. And in Nevada, and I forget the exact year, but in Nevada law firms, to have a law firm in the state of Nevada, one of the named partners had to be a resident of Nevada. So none of the national firms could have law firms there. And that changed right before I graduated law school. So then you had all these national firms opening up offices in Nevada, and it created a great job market, right? Because uh-huh. they were short on lawyers, and so they were offering uh, pay that you couldn't get anywhere else. So, as a you know a young law school graduate who was poor, that was attractive because the offer I got, you know, wasn't matched by anything here uh-huh. in Phoenix. So we moved there, had our kids, and then um, after we, you know, I think they were each like. Maybe one and three respectively. Um, we, you know, went through some some issues that made us think that we just didn't want to raise our kids there. Nothing bad to say about Vegas, uh-huh. but it just wasn't for us. And uh, my in-laws are here most of the year as snowbirds, and then my parents come down. And you know, I think when you have kids, you realize that having family around is more important than than anything. For obviously oh, the grandparents to see the kids and the kids. So that's kind of what caused us to move most of our life here. And I say most because I still maintain um, a practice in Nevada. So I go back and forth between these two states. Now I'm in Nevada, maybe Vegas specifically, um, maybe about a week, a month. You know, I, um, I still, I had a trial there two weeks. Well, I guess it was last week I was in trial there. Um, but for the most part, I'm, I'm here in Gilbert. Awesome. What part of the town do you live in? Morrison Ranch. Oh,
0: it's a okay. great area. Great community area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love it there. And then yeah. when
1: you moved here, did you move right to Gilbert or... So what was funny is uh, my wife looked up rental properties mm-hmm. and, you know, we thought, okay, we're going to take the smart route and... Um, move somewhere because when I was here in law school we were over in Queen Creek like Alma School in Queen Creek Uh in an apartment and we liked the neighborhood and then when we were moving back uh, my wife knew some people here who lived in Gilbert and Chandler so we knew this was our general area so we rented a house um, actually not far from here I want to say it was like like kind of by Gilbert and 202 Uh But it turned out not to be a good rental at all. <laughs> so we got in there and it wasn't clean. It wasn't what we expected. You know what? Hey, it's on us. Like we didn't inspect it. That's we why were, you need to hire a now out. How we have to find see, that? See, right? we should have. <laughs> if I'd have known you, we would have. So we were there, and then we were like, man, we got it. We just went and started looking at houses ourselves, and the house we ended up getting was um, a spec home built at the end of a row of model homes, and so it was vacant and they were looking unloaded because it was the last home within that little subdivision or whatever before they were moving to build, um, like the particular, Ashton Woods was the builder, to build new homes in another area. So we were like, yeah, we were able to close on it quick and then get out of that bad rental. And (laughs) I'm lucky because my girls dance at Dance Republic. Oh, right there by the Bastards? Yeah, Yeah. right there, and we've met so many great people. I know your daughter Mm -hmm. goes there, Kevin, Mm -hmm. and um, we, I mean, again, just met so many great people. It's such a nice, it's a great neighborhood. Yeah. There. such a great safe, I yeah. mean, everybody that walks around. I mean, and that's really, to be honest, why we left Vegas was one of the things, at least where I grew up in Canada is, you know, you have a community. And it's a sense of community, sense like of community. everybody exactly. kind of got each other's back. And in Vegas, again, love Vegas, but it's an eclectic group of people. Yeah, yeah. You've got different um, occupations that people do from UFC fighters. To you know, exotic dancers, and then and everybody in between. And here, it's a little bit more traditional, yeah. which is weird for a non-traditional-looking lawyer to say <laughs> he likes the traditional. But that's what we loved about it, and so we couldn't be couldn't be happier in the okay, community.
0: Okay. Tell us, tell us about how long you've been here in downtown. You got a beautiful office facility here. And you're
1: located in the heart of you know the heritage district. Yeah. So when I started, um, when we moved here, and I actually started just working out of my house, I had one girl who came to my house every morning and. <laughs> We had like an open area upstairs so right outside our master bedroom was a makeshift office and we had two desks and two computers and then right around that time so this is two two and a half years ago i think dirk's bentley wasn't even here yet and i think they they had finished this i think the restaurants below were finished before the the offices but i was the last tenant in this second floor and so then when i started looking this was available and like I said, I think we've been here exactly two years this month.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's a great location, huh?
1: Yeah, it's great location. Everybody knows it now. And, I mean, right at the – when I got in, I feel like in hindsight it was a little lucky because Oso wasn't here. Dirks Bentley wasn't here. Um, some of these – I mean, Oso used to be a vintage car guy. Yeah. And that hadn't even sold yet, that lot, you know? And they weren't even talking about culinary dropout or the yard, and I think that Burger King lot and buildings now sold, and that wasn't. So um, I feel like we got in, now everybody talks about this. Before it was something coming up and there was some hype behind it, but it hadn't super caught on. And I wanted, you know, I looked at other offices, but everything else was like a traditional office. And, you know, obviously the way I market myself as a non-traditional lawyer. And so I felt like this office building fit me because it was like modern. It was different, a different feel. Um, And so, yeah, like that's, again, I feel like I kind of lucked out choosing it. It's what I wanted, but um, location-wise and aesthetically and everything, it turned out better than I could ever have hoped.
0: Yeah, one of the things you mentioned is you know one thing. Well, with our podcast, you know we, you know we, we like to interview and speak with people, in the community, and you know business owners. One of the things you know we like to do with our networking group is help help out small businesses. One of the things you had mentioned is um. You first started, you worked out of house, so you mean, when you got out of law school, it wasn't all glamorous, you got the corner
1: office, no. and you know, about the grind. Tell us a little bit about the grind, about being an entrepreneur and a business owner. And Yeah, so I was at, when I graduated, like I said, I took a job in Vegas, and I was with that firm for, I'd say, approximately eight years, became partner, and being Canadian, they sponsored me to get my green card. So shortly after that, I went out on my own, and I kind of bounced around a little bit, because... Um, I didn't. I didn't really know how to do anything. You know what I mean. And I'm the guy that, for better or for worse, probably learns the lessons the hard way, which is <laughs> doing myself and make the mistakes myself. Go hard knocks. Exactly. So I, I kind of did that, and um, and then figured out that really it came down to trusting my own instincts. I think before, at least in the practice of law, traditionally. Um, you know, you grab a partner and there's some security in that, yeah. right? And you know, because as a lawyer, any lawyer will tell you I think that's worth his or her grain of salt is, you never know everything. And so it's always good to have a partner to bounce ideas off, I think in any in setting any, that's good. That, yeah, yeah, yeah that's money. true. But I just got burnt in uh-huh. a couple situations um, by partners that either weren't carrying their weight or kind of oversold their book of business. Because at least in my profession, a lot of it is eat what you kill, right? Yeah. And I, I've i always had clients and people said they had clients and I took them at their word and anyways, it burned me. So then um, it was right around the same time I decided to do the marketing is I went out on my own and then I started doing some paper per click through Google and then I started to realize that my profession especially personal injury is so saturated with advertising that you almost have to do it right yeah. like i was a new essentially a new guy yeah i went to law school here but it's not like i grew up here it's not like i had a network of people that i could fall back on and and try to do all those things. Sure, I could do it, but it probably would have taken me five or ten years just to build up a network, network of people. And, build everybody, yeah. and especially in personal injury, it's not like everybody that you know is getting in accidents yeah. every day, right? And then with personal injury is someone's in an accident, they got to go through a stint of medical treatment before you ever start to settle yeah. their case. So even though you might sign a case, you're not making money off of the case as a businessman, you know, for six or eight months at a minimum. So I had a little bit of success with that, um, and I went through phases, right, of like yeah, branding yeah. and everything, and so I had some success with that, and then I said, and I and I, I I had a couple really good cases that I was fortunate enough to have, and then I thought, listen, if I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna market, and I'm gonna compete, I just thought I'm gonna go with the biggest dog in the yard and bet it all on myself, and if I fail, at Absolutely. least I've done it my way, because in the past, I got burnt not doing it my way thinking i had to do it some traditional way or that you know there was some safety in hedging my bets by being with someone and all it did was burn me it it did yeah. nothing to to help me succeed so that's when i found big yam which is the company yeah, i yam. used to brand me and then write my commercial and do everything and they've been a great partner I can't even say enough good things about him so then that started me on you know shooting the commercial the photo shoots and everything um, and that's the product that everybody sees out now
0: yeah one of the things is you know like like you had mentioned is um you know, the setbacks, you know, and I think that is so great as far as the entrepreneur side, Kevin and I can attest to it, is like everybody has, everybody has the advice about how to be a businessman, but they're not the businessman. So like some of the setbacks that you had and, like, and and I think what you hit on the head was, um you know, I wanted to bet on myself and I'm just going to try it all myself. And I think those are the difference between the entrepreneurs and the entrepreneurs where the entrepreneurs will just sit on the sideline and learn everything they can. The entrepreneur like yourself will just say, you know what, I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to go all in on me. And that's that's, you know, I think that's what takes the takes you know the entrepreneurship to the to the next level. Is you said, "Hey, I'm going all in on this. I'll, I'm all in, and let's do this."
1: Well, and it's funny because the entrepreneurs that I've met, and it's funny when you're an entrepreneur, it seems like because you have a lot of in common. I think automatically with uh-huh. other entrepreneurs, right? Like you're you you take risks and My you work hard. Yeah. yeah, and the, yeah, you usually have a big personality. Um, But you're right. There's so many people out there, and that's where I feel like I was guilty at the beginning of, like, listening to some of that noise, right, of people saying, hey, you could do this or you should do it this way. And then in hindsight, it's so clear because none of them are doing it. I mean, if if, if their answer was so dead on, then they should be going out there making millions, and they're not. And they're not doing anything. They're staying in some traditional job. And again, not that there's anything wrong with it, but I always find it humorous is... Those are the usually the loudest people in the room and they're usually the people with the least amount of experience and the least amount of advice that you should probably listen to, right? Yeah, It's always the guy in the quiet in the, the corner guy. that's just listening and observing. Watch that guy, what's he doing? Because he knows, like I think we all know, is like, man, I've made mistakes. Oh Yeah, yeah I've been down and beaten down um, but I had to, you know, it takes that fortitude every day, right, to, like, wake up and, and know, man, it's going to be a tough day. Because I'm yeah. going to have to do a 100 things I don't want to do. But if I don't do these things, there's a 100% no way I'm going to succeed. And then you have people relying on you, like your office staff. Exactly. Employee. And I take that, and I'm sure you guys, but, like, I take that really seriously. Absolutely. Is they all have kids. They all have rent or mortgage or whatever that they got to pay. They have life. Exactly. So not only do I have my own family, but I got this work family that relies on me and I'm probably just as hard as them, you know, and and they'll tell you, but I come in and I I preach it every day. You know, it's like I have sayings. It's like, this isn't the union. Time served doesn't equal more money, you know, and I don't, I'm never going to give anybody a benefit that I don't have. And that is if I don't come into work and work a case, bill a case, whatever it is, I don't make any money yeah so if you think you're gonna come in and skate on a day then you're sadly mistaken because again that's a benefit I don't have and maybe that's harsh but I feel like that's almost the attitude of a lot of and I hate the word Millennials but it's almost is because I, I look to hire people these days and people will come in with these lofty expectations of what they should make and you're like, okay, well, you're gonna start down here. At the bottom. Let's be realistic. Yeah, because that's where I started. I'm not gonna let, I'm not gonna, what, you think you're gonna be doing the photo shoots (laughs) and the fun stuff? Yeah. No, like, to do all of that, and it's funny, I was thinking today, just like, doing stuff organizing, and organizing for me and prioritizing my work is a huge, a a huge part of, yeah. Time mapping, yeah. And that they see all of these fun little things, like doing a radio interview or doing this stuff, and I love doing this stuff. But you know what's funny is this and again I love doing it I'm not saying yeah. but this makes me work an hour later tonight absolutely you know because this doesn't directly benefit me if it no. does awesome but I'm just happy to do it yeah, you know you, you, like I like you guys I've met you guys and I love talking about this stuff yeah. Um, but yeah like I still got to go and work an hours. so, yeah. you know, it's funny, before we started recording, we were talking about how some people see these little things that entrepreneurs or business owners do, and they're like, man, I wanna do that, that's, that's awesome. You're like, yeah. Yeah, why don't you come and look at me yeah. at 1 a.m. sitting in my home office, you know, in a tank top and my, you know, pajama shorts, and I'd rather be in bed, but I had to, and I had to, I wanted to. I, because I want to be home for dinner, so yeah. like six to nine, I gotta be home for dinner, spend family time. I'm not gonna stay at the office and do those three. I rather do those three hours when everybody's asleep. Yeah. But those are the sort of things because again, and I'm sure you guys attest to it, but it's like the balance, the balance, work-life future. balance. Yeah, yeah. You can't. I don't want to end up divorced. I don't. Yeah. You know, I want my kids to be balanced. I want to be the right. Um, uh, you know role model for my kids and, and the balance so the I know I'm rambling but no. it, it's all of these things as an entrepreneur that I feel like my mind is constantly rambling on things and there's only 24 hours in a day and, and exactly and, and it's funny I was thinking that just the other day I was like I'd be happy if days were longer it's such a weird thing to <laughs> yeah. say but I get anxious about not having enough time in the day yeah. so I'm constantly you know how do I get it how, how do I hire someone to do this so I can do, do this, this? because at some point you have to start realizing there's only certain things that or there's certain things that byron has to do himself yeah and then you start having to delegate, delegate things. Yourself. which you know as a lot of business owners uh, for me i'm a control for yeah me. that's hard It's hard and, to delegate. And, and and i can only do things right in my mind yeah. i know I that's know, wrong you do it like me <laughs> but for me it's like i can only do it the right way well and you have the and you have the passion right for the yeah. business yeah. i mean your name's on the building mm-hmm. yeah. and i love helping people you know sure. what i mean like I've had people that come in and they have like horrible cases, like it's horrible, but they're great people and they've got put in a bind because they got bad advice or whatever happened before. And I'll just say, Hey, listen, I'll do your case for free. I I just want to help. I just want to help you. Yeah. Because that's the sort of stuff. A, it makes me feel good. Um, that's just where my moral compass is, and everybody's yeah. different. But then also, as the entrepreneur and the businessman, I know that's going to come back. I know oh, yeah. that karma. Yeah, I know that karma's coming back. Absolutely. So it's never a loss. But again, I feel like some people they they don't want to do that free work. And yeah. for me. It's not free. It's going to pay off. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just not immediate, and, and it's might, nothing it, tangible right now. it might now. not be monetary. It might be, hey, it made me feel good. Yeah. I, I, I did something good today. I, I, you know, I gave back. I gave See, back. and that moral currency is something that people should focus more on because I feel like when you focus on that stuff and the work, the money follows. Oh, it'll come. But if your focus is going to be the money, you're going to miss all the things you need to yeah. do. It's like a short-term game. It's like a cheat plan. Yeah. Like, sure, you might get a bunch of money at the beginning. Shortcut. But that's not your retirement. It can't be your retirement plan. Yeah. It's not going to pay off long run. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about your marketing. You know, as I sit here, you know, you
0: sit here and you, you got all the tattoos and, you know, um, I, I know we've seen your marketing. A lot of people out there have seen the marketing is, you know, the... Um, it's not the conventional lawyer look you know yeah. we have we have talked about that before where you walk in and like hey, you're the attorney so tell us a little bit of how you
1: know you came about the marketing and how you you just grasped it and around with it yeah you know what's funny is so 18 turned 18 got my first tattoo in Calgary um, smoking Buddha tattoo shop you know before it was like a fad or anything and then I slowly got more and I was partnering at a firm and I got my first hand tattoo. Uh-huh. And I remember waking up the next day and I was like, I kind of freaked out. I was like, oh, they're going to fire me. Then people in the office said they were going to fire me. But I was always good at what I did. Yeah. And so, and I knew I was profitable. So I always looked at it like, they're not going to let me go over it. And yeah. they never let me go, right? But um, then when I went out on my own... That's when I did the fingers. I only did my neck uh, like less than a year ago. Um, But it was the same kind of transition as business and, and personal was. I kept listening to everybody else. They're like, hey, you shouldn't do this tattoo. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. Now, again, I wouldn't give someone advice in law school to go and get a neck tattoo <laughs> yeah. or hand tattoos because it's going to limit you out of the gates almost yeah. for sure. sure that in yeah. law school you're not going down the tattoo show hey let's get right it. but i was lucky because i already had a little bit of a reputation right of being uh-huh. a really good lawyer and i feel like once you meet me the whole appearance and everything makes sense because It is who I am, and that's what I loved about the marketing. Uh Is you see the marketing, and it is who I am. You know, I'm not trying to be someone I'm not. And you can see how my life mirrored the businesses. I, I kept listening to people, I wasn't happy, and I wasn't succeeding. And then as soon as I started doing it on myself, you know, you say, it's like, bet all on black, except yeah. I bet it all on brown. And, <laughs> brown. I, yeah, and I was just like, you know what, if I'm gonna fall, I'm gonna fall forward. And um, and then everybody liked it to the point, and this is when I thought it was the, the funniest, was is I had tried a couple cases with hand, hand t- like visible tattoos. And so one of the things in voir dire, it's the part where we bring up a panel of jurors, there's usually 60 or 80, and you get to ask them questions, and you kind of get to know whether they have any biases or prejudices that would affect their view of your case. So one of the first things I always say is I go, hey, as you can see, I'm a different lawyer, Um, probably one that you've never met before, that's covered in tattoos, and you know what, that's for some people, not for some people, but, If it's not for you, I just want to make sure you're not going to hold it against my client. Never had a person raise their hand. I've had people like roll up their sleeves (laughs) and this one trial, the jury, and this is unheard of at any point in trial, let alone picking a jury, they gave me a standing ovation as I walked off. The jury had to... So now, and I thought this was funny is I honestly have, and I posted on social media, it's they filed they now file motions against me other lawyers to preclude me from talking about tattoos mm. which i think is the funniest thing in wow. ever they were the ones who thought i'd get fired they were the ones who thought i wasn't succeed they were the ones who had every negative opinion about me now they're like shit it's effective because i i you know i am relatable i'm relatable, You're relatable. Yeah. i you know everybody has and then if, yeah. if someone has a tattoo they're right like, but well. almost everybody nowadays right has a friend, uncle, or relative who's bald with a beard, right? And has some sort of visible ink. Yeah. Well, that's me, right? So I feel like... And the way I talk, just like I talk now is the way I talk in court yeah, minus absolutely. any cursing. But... Um, so I feel like that's relatable. And lawyers, it's the one profession at least that I think of and I think realtors are the same way is it's been very traditional. Yeah. It's very like, this is the way you do it. The law for more than anything, right? It's oh, like yeah. the suit... Like, I mean, I go to mediation, seven-figure mediations. I show up in <laughs> jeans, flip-flops. You know, I might wear a polo, yeah. like a like a, a golf shirt instead of a tank top. But I just felt like this is me, man. So I'm not going to change who I am for anybody. And, and it always takes me back. My wife drove by one billboard. Like, I had this, and I still have this one billboard up. I got it right next to my girl's school. Uh-huh. And it's a double-sided one. And so she drove diet one day after dropping the kids off and she calls me and she was angry and she's like you know they put another law firm on the other side of your billboard and i was like well they're allowed to do that you know (laughs) it's their business model (laughs) And, and i was like who's on the other side And it was three white guys in suits, like couldn't be more traditional of a lawyer appearance. And I said to her, I love it. And she's like, why? I go, because you know what? If you want them, you don't want me. And if you want me, you don't want them. And that's the beauty of it, man. We live in a huge valley. There's enough to fill the tent. So so I don't get anyone being, because I've had lawyers angry on me. I've had lawyers call me out on radio stations in town. I've had um, lots of negativity, but with all of that being said, I mean, they say it not- pales in comparison to all the positive I've got. Yeah,
0: you're not doing something right after not talking about you, right? That's well, and, the,
1: you- and, and that's the thing. And I feel like their fear, just like the motion I just mentioned, because yeah. they know that jurors are, ti- jurors are tired of the same old lawyer advertising. They're tired of the same old traditional man or woman that thinks that they're better than everybody else. Yeah speaks in such a fashion you don't understand a word that's coming out of their mouth so they meet me and they're like man it's like First it's, method, yeah First you know, it, it, yeah exactly and it's it's funny because even me I was like I thought you know what there's gonna be a target demographic right whenever you market people like what's your target demographic and I have I've had everybody man from every yeah. religious background ethnicity. Um, and my one I always say is there was a lady who came in she was a priest and about 65 years old and I was like (laughs) if anyone you would think right a priest might be outside of my wheelhouse right and then you think maybe the older people have more traditional opinions as it relates to you know uh, tattoos and so forth right but so it's run the gamut but it just shows it's like No matter where you fall on the spectrum, I feel like there's people especially now where I feel like we've come so far as a society as to what we view as traditional or not and we're just way more accepting yeah. to things.
0: Especially when they know how good you are and they find you can get the job done. Um, with your ads, you know, we've we seen your billboards, there's one downtown and yeah. you know, the one's further south and you know, um, who I, I like some of the sayings on there, I, I, Byron Brown, Lawyer Up and Throw Down. I was like, man, that is so catchy. Yeah. So catchy. So,
1: who 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 um who's the creator behind the advertising? So, that was Big Yam. Uh-huh. That was Megan from Big Yam, actually. Uh-huh. So in our first meeting, we sat down and talked about it, and I have, it's true, I've watched Step Brothers about a hundred <laughs> times, right? You know, like, yeah. did we just become best friends yeah. those little things. Yeah. yeah. And so it wasn't necessarily me saying that I wanted things kind of mimicked after it, but she was the one who came up with all of them. Uh-huh. Megan Starkness from Big Yam. So yeah, 265 pounds of pure justice, Um, you know, lawyer up, throw down. But when you think about it to step brother sayings, like a lot of them are just short and to the point, right? They kind of hit you in the mouth. And then they move on, but they're catchy. Yeah, they're And so yeah, they came up, and that was the one thing I realized about marketing is I got no background in it, Yeah, but I always relate it to, um, the analogy I always use is like the freezer at the bottom of the fridge, is remember the freezer was always at the top of the fridge, right? And then they put it at the bottom and you're like, man, this is genius. Like I've been bending down to get the the meat out of the bottom drawer forever. Now it's a little higher, it's more convenient, yeah. but that's what I love about my marketing is the simplicity in it, but that, and, and people are like, you, you almost think you could come up with it, but none of us would have come up with it, yeah, or like it would, someone would have already had it already. But that's the beauty, and that's why I think it matches who I am. You know, it's it's simple, it's to the point, it's for everybody to understand, it's for the everyman. I always say like, yeah. I say too, is I'm, I'm that blue collar lawyer. Yep. Yeah, you know? yeah, bring the lunchbox. Yeah. Lunchbox work. One of the things I, I like I want to throw out and make, make
0: sure our our, um, our listeners and our followers are aware of um, your philanthropy. I know there's been a lot of times where you reach out to us, say, hey, Frank, I want to do something good for the boys and girls club. But Kevin, I want to do something good for the boys and girls club. What do you guys have? Like you initiate it all and um, one of the things that that you know when you called me up and wanted to do a you know, something for the boys and girls and you, you just showed up with the ping pong table, all the yeah. balls and the the philanthropy is amazing and I, I even think what's more amazing too is um you did it out of the kindness of your heart. You didn't want the Instagram. You didn't want, hey, let me take the selfie. Like it's it's something that you want to do, just kind of like us. Like it's it's ingrained in you. So tell us a little bit about your your um you know the philanthropy aspect that you just um hosted the um the Big Shane Doan poker
1: poker guy. Yeah. So that's funny, man. I was just watching uh on Netflix, Letterman's got that new thing, the next guest, and he had George Clooney on, who's like yeah. huge in philanthropy, and somehow the conversation came down to Letterman saying that it's funny because philanthropy like it's selfish and it is because like it makes me feel good oh yeah you amazing. know but the way I first connected with you guys was um, you guys put out an ad on Instagram I believe it was for someone to sit on the um, the board, the or board the committee, the record, right? yeah. and so I remember thinking at that time that hey listen I spend this money on advertising like it's it's greedy like I wanted to give back and I felt bad Uh, being in a position, spending that money on marketing, I was like, I gotta do, you know, I gotta help out the community that I'm in, I gotta help out, like, to me, it was almost like a selfish thing, right? So then, I I hit you guys up, and you guys toured me on the uh, Boys Boys and Girls Club, and it really made me emotional. I don't know if anybody noticed, but I was like, I almost got brought, to, I was welling up over it. And I remember telling you guys, man, I just can't commit this much time. Like I knew with my travel schedule, trial schedule, I was gonna miss meetings and you guys were really, like you should be, saying, hey listen, we need someone who's gonna be able to fill this seat and yeah. make all these commitments. And I knew I couldn't make all those commitments. And so then, um, I, yeah, I would always bug you guys up, be like, hey man, whatever you guys need, yeah. I'm happy to do it, and that brings me full circle of why I started off with the Letterman references. Yeah, you're right, like, because I almost feel guilty, because it makes me feel good, like, seeing those kids happy, yeah. and seeing that people, and in this instance, the children who don't have the things that so many of us take for granted, mm-hmm. and they're so happy though, yeah. you know what exactly. I mean, like... The stuff that they have isn't enough, um, but you guys do a great job giving them everything. And to be able to contribute to it, I'm just humbled by it, That's you know?
0: A, it is really a humbling experience. Like, anytime we go and, you know, Kevin and I, Kevin's, a, you know, the president of the board there, and I'm vice president, and anytime we do that tour, you can see, like, people it really it really like it really humbles them and it really opens their eyes i think there's a misconception here in gilbert that there's not a lot of need in our community because we're, we're a very affluent community fortunate for you know uh, all of our residents here but there's a huge need and this need is 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 literally in our backyard right in the heritage district yeah. so yeah it does it does touches you when you go in there and see and then the kids are great and, and you know one of the things that we love so much about about the boys and girls club um is they're not looking for a handout. They're looking for a hand up, you know. And, and it's just it's a great it's a great great um, organization. It's a great community, especially all the kids there. You see you see every age of kids, every race, every yeah. ethnicity, and they're like a family there. Yeah. You know, they're, and they're
1: all happy. Yeah, yeah, they're all happy. Like and they're they're like so they're an inspiration to us because, yeah. you know, every day, like I said, is is it's a hard day, you know, yeah. and then uh, it really puts things in perspective because you know, I'll, I'll think about those kids or, you know, be doing something with you guys and you think about it and you're like, man, like, I got nothing to worry about. Like, what am yeah, I complaining about? Exactly. It, it, it humbles me to be like, you know, there's way bigger things out there than this, like, than anything that I do. And I think we just, I always say, but I feel like everything that we hear negative nowadays um, and I, I don't want to like simplify it too much, but where people just need to be nicer to people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like I always find it funny. Is like, have you ever been somewhere and uh, someone just says hi to you? You don't know who they are, and they just say, hey, like you're walking in Target, hey. And like I always do that well with my yeah. kids. I just see someone, I hold the door. Hey, how you and doing? It, yeah. yeah. And it makes, when people do it to me, I'm like, well, that was yeah, nice. nice. That was yeah, nice. you know, like, pump my tire a little yeah. bit this morning. like, yeah. And it's the smallest gesture. Yeah, absolutely. So when you can make someone's Christmas better, Thanksgiving better, their time after school better, to me, it's like, why wouldn't you do it? Like, it doesn't make sense to me not to do it. And so I hope, you know, more and more people do that and i think what you guys do i mean you guys spend way way more time than than i do and i just think it's great what you do and so i'm happy just to be able to chip in here and there and whenever i can yeah well we appreciate you all your help and you know tell
0: them tell our followers where they can find you on your social media you know your uh, your instagram all where they
1: can find you yeah so brownlawgroup.com brown's with an e at the end um and then instagram's the same um twitter's the same i have Most active on Facebook and Instagram, Um, so you can find me there whenever you want. Um, Also, the website easier to find is getbigb.com. Awesome, awesome. time? what kind
0: of law do you uh, specifically practice in?
1: Yeah, so personal injury. So, anytime anybody's been injured um, and they think that injury was caused as a result of someone else's fault or negligence, um, then people contact me and I do the best I can to help them get the proper medical attention if they maybe don't have health insurance and then walk them through that process to the point that we send out a settlement demand and hopefully settle their case if we can't settle their case then you know we file a lawsuit and, and go to court for them
0: yeah absolutely yeah, I can attest to that you know my family in December were in a very very bad accident and you know totaled our vehicle my wife and daughter were in the car and you know we, we immediately contacted you and you guys have done amazing for me and my family so I, I first-hand ex- experience I can attest to everything your your firm does and how personal it is and how you know know the follow-up so for that i'm very grateful and for that i very appreciate you know what you guys do here and then your partnership in the community and then you guys accept walk-in so you tell us exactly where you're located
1: yeah that's a good point so we're kitty corner to dirk's bentley uh whiskey row which is on Gilbert Road, but the interesting thing is the entrance is at the back. So everybody's familiar with Zinburger, which is right on the corner, or Lolo's Fried Chicken, which is actually in the same building as, as us. Um, but you turn, if you're going north or south, you would turn like you're going, um, to go behind Oregano's. Instead of turning left to go to Oregano's, you would turn right, though, and you would drive behind Zinberger. And then as you pass Zinberger, you'd see a set of office doors to go up to the second floor. So, yeah, you're right beh- up uh, Peterson's Ice Cream or yeah. Palmo, right there, right? Yeah, more eloquently put, thank yeah. you. <laughs> right above those. Right yeah. yeah, right above it, and the entrance is at the back instead of the front.
0: Perfect. Awesome, bro. We really appreciate your time today. We thank you for everything you do in the community and keep keep going at it, man. We love to see those ads and we love to your partnership in the community.
1: No, oh, and thanks, guys, for coming in. I appreciate it and I love being a part of this. Awesome. Right. Thanks so okay. much. Thanks, thanks, guys. guys.